Prague's Charles Bridge was commissioned in the 14th century by the Holy Roman Emperor Charles IV. It offers one of the most pleasant 500-yard strolls in Europe. We're following the ancient route of coronation processions that started at the cathedral in the castle, where the king was crowned, crossed this bridge, and continued to the old town square. Today, the King's Walk, as it's called, is a commercial gauntlet lined with Prague's most playful diversions. Like main drags throughout Europe, this walk mesmerizes visitors. Use it as a spine, but venture off it, especially to eat or drink. Tame any big city by taking advantage of its public transportation. Prague's subway can be helpful. The system, with just three lines, is cheap, simple, and zips us right to the top of Wenceslas Square. Saint Wenceslas, commemorated by this statue, is the good king of Christmas Carol fame. The statue is a popular meeting point. Locals say, I'll see you under the horse's tail. The good king was actually an unusually educated and highly cultured 10th century Czech duke. Stories of his enlightened reign caused Europeans to see Czechs as civilized rather than barbarian. Even today, Wenceslas is a symbol of Czech nationalism. Wenceslas Square is the main square of the country and the natural assembly point when the Czech people need to raise their collective voice for a change. In the 19th century, the age of divine kings and ruling families was coming to an end. Here, as in much of Europe, nationalism was on the rise. With the end of World War I, the Habsburgs were history, and the independent country of Czechoslovakia was proclaimed from this square. But independence lasted barely 20 years. In 1939, the Nazis swept in. While Prague managed to escape the bombs of World War II, it couldn't avoid the communists. The communists actually ruled for 40 years, till 1989, right? Yes, but in 68, we had a revolt, which was crushed by the Soviet tanks. In November of 89, this whole square, for two weeks, every single night, was filled by over 100,000 people. 100,000 people. Every single night. And that is what eventually brought down the communist regime. You see that balcony? Yeah. That's very November. People whom we didn't see for 20 years, like Václav Havel. Alexander Dubček started appearing. Time was up. Everyone rang their keys. This whole square was filled with people. Everyone rang their keys, and uh, eventually Václav Havel, from that very balcony, announced the resignation of the communist regime. In a short time, we formed a new government, and in 1993, Czechoslovakia split up peacefully into Czech Republic and Slovakia. But regardless of who's in power, the Czechs always have good places for a beer. For many, Pivo, that's beer, is the top Czech tourist attraction. After all, the Czechs invented lager. Okay. All right. And now you have to brown it. It's dus. What do you say? It's dus. Skosh. It's dus. You know, the lager, the concept of Pilsner, was started in one of the towns here in the Czech Republic. And that was actually a thing, like, they started in the 19th century because the beer used to be quite different from this. You know, it was much thicker. It was like liquid bread. But you get in the 19th century, in the Industrial Revolution, and people are not working in the fields anymore. Right. You want to get a beer, which is kind of diet beer. So this is a oh. diet beer, really. Okay. The way you recognize a good bar, a really good bar, is that before you finish your beer, when you're about that mark right here, right. a new beer arrives on your table. You've right? got to say, you've got to tell them, stop. 
You don't tell them another one, you tell them stop. If you want to drink the Czech beer, go to come to Prague. Can drink it in America, you get bottled beer, that's not real beer. One more reason to come to Prague. Skoosh. Skoosh.